This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. We got our guy Ryan Roland Smith sitting in with us today. Dave has the day off. Uh, reminder, it being Friday, we've got mean text coming up at 545. So you still have time to get creative at 866-979-3776. Powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. We're all fair game here. Even yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm reading a couple of these. There's one I was like, hold on, dude, relax. Like, I didn't want to say what it was. Oh, it must be main text. Has to be main text. He's only just kidding around, right? Hopefully, man. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah, some know, people are, you know. Some, Friday afternoon. Got sun's out. It's got to yeah. be. Some try yeah, to be funny, and yeah. then you're going, wait, are, are, is this real? Or is there humor? <laughs> yeah. Where's the punchline? And some some just text in to complain. We're here for you. Whatever. Just unburden yourself. How about that? Uh, meanwhile, we we uh, we do this every week, uh, Ryan, where we take a listen to some of the conversations happening on the other shows at the station. We call it Best of the Rest. We know you love listening to us, but there are great discussions happening all over our station. I need more Jake Bobo. I need more of them. Because Jake Bobo is objectively fun to say. Yeah, I'm just not good at bats. Let's turn it down. It's time for the best of the rest. How dare you? <laughs> So conversations happening around the building as we approach Mariner season. Obviously, spring training is well underway, and the roster looks to be set for the most part, barring any surprise additions to the team. Uh, so a lot of conversations starting to evaluate what's going on at different positions. And we've been talking a lot about third base. That seems to be we talked to Shannon Dreyer about it. That's her biggest concern. It's been mine, and I would assume most people's. But uh, some of the, I guess, more surprising news or statements that were made were made by Jerry when he was talking about the idea of uh, – Ty France potentially playing some at third base. Um, Brock and Salk reacting to those comments. Ty France took some ground balls at third base. And I asked around yep. a little about it yesterday. Hey, anything to this? Mm-hmm. And a couple people were like, yeah, there's nothing to that. And you heard Perry Hill. Shannon had the report. Perry Hill was like, yeah, now we're just working on his mobility and this mm-hmm. and that. And I had one person say, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to seeing what that looks like. So we asked Jerry about it today. Yep. And Jerry, I thought, would kind of, you know, poo-poo it. Yep. He didn't poo-poo it at all. And then when we've asked Jerry about the young players a few times, and he's not the only one I've heard this name for a while, it's not just Cole Young, right? Who's the other player who he meant, Brock, when guys repeat yep. themselves? Locklear. Tyler Locklear. Darn it. Locklear. <laughs> you rock I wrote it right here. Tyler Locklear. So Lockyer. that's a name I heard a lot last year. Yeah. As I uh, kind of did my due diligence and asking around during the season, mm-hmm. he was hurt, but everything I heard was professional approach, very advanced, going to be there sooner than you think. Well, he plays first base. Mm-hmm. So I-, I don't know where this goes. Again, this is spring training speculation. Yep. It's no different from what you do in a football season. You say, hey, what if this guy could play a little yep. Yep. X? Could you move him to Y if yep. he could play some DN? Can he the passer? Right. Yep. I mean, so, so this is the same type of thing. This is sure. just sort of the fun speculation. But if third base doesn't do what he and hopes it will do. you don't have money to throw at the market right. that still has got some people out there. If third base doesn't do what you want it to do. Find a way. Well, here are some options that you have. There's a reason Brian Anderson is in camp. Find There's a, a reason Cole Young is being fast-tracked. There's a reason Polanco can also play third base. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that Ty France has taken some ground balls over there, and I don't think it's a coincidence at all. So they're breaking down what the options are, and there's a lot of names. Mm-hmm. 
Is there any name in that in that entire group? Whether they're talking Polanco, Cole Young, obviously uh, Rojas, uh, Urias, everybody that's mentioned there. Well, is the one you listen, you hear that name, you go, "I feel best about that guy." Yeah, it's it's one of those ones. And, and look, we talked to Shannon about this that, it, it, and we talked about it earlier, right? Where uh, Jerry Depardieu said he it's advantageous to have that platoon, and 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 but the 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 issue underlining issue here is that you just don't have enough. When, when it comes to resources to go out and, and fill that void, therefore mm-hmm. you got to get a little creative and you got to sort of bank on the fact that someone's you know coming up through the system. So I think that, look, Polanco, I heard Polanco's name in there as well. Keep him where he's at, man. It, look, this is a guy who's been around for a long time. Just keep him where he's at defensively. Let him focus yeah. on offense, stay healthy, everything else. You don't want to start messing with guys where you start you know, transitioning to different positions and they have to all of a sudden make, make – tweaks and how they backhand and how they use that arm strength and everything else but it is a little bit of a gaping hole as you start to try and round out this team it, who's most likely to pop out of that group like if you were gonna if you're going uh, the, the two guys that are definitely part of the platoon and Rojas and and Urias there and then if you throw in tight France uh, you know I, I think he's most likely at the plate to be the guy that pops but just to, to excel in that spot is it it's, man it, it's it's like I said, anything on the left side of the infield is it's so specialized yeah. it's in regards to defense, in regards to arm strength, in regards to setting your feet, everything that goes on on that side of the infield. It's so difficult. I mean, I heard Tyler Lockley, his name in there. Great dude, by the way. He, mm-hmm. he came out and coached at my camps last first year. First baseman. Yeah, he's he big kid, you know, and, and it's one of these ones that he's – is he young enough where you can start to look and say, hey, is there enough left and right here? Is there enough arm strength? Because he can hit, man. He he yeah. can definitely hit. A lot of these guys, when I, when I get a chance to meet them or they come and coach them, I can't – I always follow along. I'm like, man, he, he was fun to, to, to follow along last year. So, it, like I said, it's one of these ones for 2024. It's going to be, you know, a little bit of a, a rotating – uh, rotation over there, I guess, um, until they figure it out. But but again, Ty France, what he's done offensively this winter to try and fix things, keep him where he's at. Yeah. Don't start messing with that. Polanco, same thing. Figure it out through a base elsewhere. Yeah, it's just I'm trying to go with what we know. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you. Leave Ty there. I don't want to see him at third. Right. So that leaves the other three, and we'll leave Locklear out because I don't know what, what yeah. their plan is in terms of his ascension. Uh, so that gives you the three-headed monster of, of Rojas, Urias, and, and Polanco. Now, when Polanco came over, you love what he's been able to do offensively. We talked to somebody who had been out there, and they said, well, defensively, it's not not awesome yeah. at second base. I'm thinking, well, if that's the case, you know, they've been watching him, what would he be at third base? If he's if his range is limited at second, yeah. you need somebody who, if, you, if JP's got a weakness, it's going to his right fielding yeah. balls to his right. Mm-hmm. So you want that third baseman to be able to sort of close that gap, if you will. And I feel like maybe that gap is not going to be closed by anybody they've got currently sitting in that position. You know what it reminds me of? In 2010, dare I bring up this year, Sean Figgins oh boy. was playing second base. Jose Lopez was playing third. And they switched them because it was a defensive. They thought it was going to be a defensive um, upgrade to have more up the middle. Yeah. It was not. Yeah, <laughs> you're saying it didn't work. No, it didn't. And again, this goes back to the simple fact that look, if if you have settled in, I know you're on a different team. Like, look, and, and to answer your question with the, with the three of them, I would say, look, slide Rojas over there, 
right? With that left hand, he started to figure things out. He put up some good numbers with the Mariners, man. He, he got really comfortable once he left the D-backs and came to the Mariners. Him and, and um, you know, the, with the, the hitting coach, man, I'm drawing a blank, not um, Tony Unrich, DeHart. The, the, the they used to have – Yeah, Jared DeHart. Yeah, they had a really good a really good pr- approach – that he talked about top step of the dugout before he rolled in to the on-deck circle. I was like, oh, I'm loving this. And you could just see how comfortable he was offensively. So if it's a situation like that where you're like, all right, look, we, ha- we have to take a step back defensively here and mm-hmm. focus on uh, offensively, give him the, the, the most amount of reps for sure. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. And listen, it may work out better than anybody anticipates. You're just you're projecting everything. Everything we think is yeah. set in stone, and that's fine. We don't need to worry about it. Maybe it'll be something we end up worrying about where we're looking at third and going, man, we had all this focus on third. Yeah. It's turned out okay, but yeah. all of a sudden this other position we didn't talk about has become problem. Right. I mean, so we don't know. It's all projecting right now. But yeah, I, I I'd love to just have. It makes you appreciate what they've had in for a very long stretch at third base between Kyle Seager's run and then Gino coming over and being decidedly better defensively. Because we also had we talk about this all the time when they made that deal for Winker and Gino. Yeah. Gino was the guy that was the throw in. Like, all right, you Absolutely. want Winker, you're taking his eleven million dollar salary. Yeah. And we I, had- I, I was in here with you when that trade happened. And I remember the the beat writer for the Reds was like, Oh, you know, a little bit of a liability. He's slow, he's put on some weight. I'm like, Exactly. Oh, yeah. I will say this Perry Hill. Now we've talked about Perry Hill a lot. He made one comment, I remember talking about Polanco with his back backhand. And he made a reference to, I can't remember the quote, but talking about like a pinball, like a, a ball, like the way he kind of flicks the ball over there. Now, mm. that is a characteristic of a shorter distance throw coming from second base where he's so used to saying, you know what, I didn't have to cover ground here with his throw. I can go backhand and just kind of not set my feet and just, you know, just flick, sling a ball to, to first base. Now, when you start making uh, changes on the other side of the infield, and you start having to set your feet, get, generate that arm strength and everything else, it can create – again, it just creates a whole different dynamic. So when you hear things like that and you hear Perry Hill talking about uh, essentially working on his back end, maybe it's just something where they're like, yeah, he, he could slide over to the third base. But like I said, man, when you have established players or guys who are trying to – like Polanco, trying to have a full six-month season, keep him yeah. healthy, keep him where they're comfortable defensively, let him go hit. As a pitcher, and we'll move on to the next cut here in a second, but if you know you've got a potential liability at some spot, whether it's first, second, third, short, wherever it is, as a pitcher, does that change your approach at all? Like, okay, I'm not going to throw soft stuff inside because he's going to pull it to the guy who's right. got no range, or I'm not going to pitch outside because he's going to take it the other way to the guy that's got no – or all you right. just – my did, game plan is my game plan regardless of who's playing behind me. My game plan was always my game plan because I always wanted to, to rely on strengths. However – I have the most extreme example. I went from Adrian Beltre playing third base, mm. which shaved a point off my ERA, to a guy who essentially didn't want to – I feel like didn't want to be playing third base or had, had made, made a position change, and that was Jose Lopez. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, again, nothing against him. He, was, he just wasn't as comfortable there. He was a second baseman. He was an all-star as a second base. Yeah. So I went to that, and so man, I would throw my like that weak little slider down into righties and just get him to hit the ball on the ground. It was hit hard. Yeah. Some exit velo on those things. Let me tell you, Beltre. I was like, man, I love having Beltre over there. It was. I, so would you get more aggressive when? Oh you were, yeah, big yeah. time. Because I'm like, man, look at what I've got on this side of the infield. It was awesome. Yeah. So it did alter your. Yeah, I mean, he could approach. play in too. He could play in on guys. Guys would get that weak off the off the handle contact, and he was. I mean, he was playing so far in. However, he was able to uh, to 
to cover left and right. It was – I really felt the change, man. I really did. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really change the way you pitch hit, hitters. It really shouldn't. But you can feel it when you see that ball get through the infield like, oh, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Beltre's not letting that bad boy get through, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, this one comes courtesy of uh, Bumpin' Curtis yesterday. Curtis in for Stacy Talking about Julio's goals – and what it means for the 2024 Mariners. I love that the very best player on this team is thinking World Series and is is dreaming of a World Series and is working towards that because I think in years past here in this town, the World Series just kind of felt like a pipe dream, and it still kind of does because they've never been to one. Now that you have a player like Julio that is – the very best player on your team that you could easily make an MVP case for this season. Like that is a, a very great thing uh, that they've got going for themselves. I do like that Julio is, is focused on that because I think we've had this pointed out to us by, you know, people in the Mariners organization coming up through the minor leagues. You're always thinking about yourself ahead of the team because you want to get to the big leagues. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter if, if the guy playing next to you gets there or not, because uh, you know, your goal is to get to the major leagues. You're playing for yourself really up until you get to major league baseball. And then once you get to the big league level, you can't play for yourself anymore. You have to play for the team. And Thinking World Series, that is that is a great team-first mentality. When guys like Julio put it out there, I'm all about manifesting stuff, right? That's big yes. on social media these days, especially uh, in these podcasts. Manifest it, girl. Manifest it, right? <laughs> Manifest it, so put it out there, and uh, and it becomes attainable, I think. I'm a firm believer in that. So I love that Julio's putting it, putting it out there. So his goal is the World Series, and, and I agree with them that I like that that's his goal, but I'm just wondering how different is that from anybody? Isn't that yeah. kind of everybody's goal? No. Nah. No? <laughs> Outside of Anthony Rendon, I, I just assume most people had that as no, their no, goal. No, don't, don't get me wrong. Okay, you've got a roster of 26 players. Depending on the team makeup and the dynamic. Now, if you've got a L.A. Dodgers and you've got mm. all this guaranteed money and guys who are established, sure. All of them are like, hey, man, I just want that World Series. If you've got a young team and guys who are trying to get past that, call it that zero to three, get to that arbitration age. I'm telling you, the first three years of your career, if you're a fringe player, mm -hmm. and a lot of them are, believe it or not, you're like, oh, he had some success last year. It doesn't mean anything. The minute you hit 200 and you have options, so you start you know, inherently feeling like, man, I'm starting to think more about myself as I come to the clubhouse every single day. That's just part of it. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a – obviously for Julio, look, he's got a you know long-term life deal with the Mariners basically, the gold card, lifetime gold card um, with the Seattle Mariners. So for him, his focus is, yeah, all right, I want to win a World Series. Absolutely. If you're a Thai France, yeah, there is going to be that individual element of, you know, man, I'm going to get back to being Thai France because now I'm looking over my shoulder. There's a couple of young guys in the system. I, I, I don't want people to think 2022 may be a fluke or whatever it may be. So it, there, it, it, it's not everyone like, oh, hey, World Series, World Series. Some guys are just, some guys are trying to get through three months. Just about, just hey, about listen, them. I, and this is why I asked Shannon this couple, you know, a couple segments ago. Bryce Miller and Brian Wu. Now they're sitting there. They know they're in the rotation. It's a nice feeling. Yeah. But when you get too comfortable and you haven't done it before and you haven't done it twice over, you you have to. There has to be that element of I have to take care of myself here and figure out what I'm doing on my own. That's just kind of the way it is. Mm -hmm. Once you get to that June, July, August, and you're feeling good and you're really contributing, then it molds into 26 guys as a as a roster gunning for that World Series. Just just on on Julio Rodriguez, it's interesting, you know, hearing him talk because, man, just thinking about his season last year. One thing with him, 
when he, and I'm curious to, to to know what kind of adjustments he made swing wise and everything else. Everyone talks about oh well, hey there was like a you know high swing and miss and and whatever. He hits the ball on the ground a ton. He really does. When he's struggling, you go back to June July, his ground ball percentage was massive, especially on secondary pitches when he was out in front off time. And so with him, for example, you talk about you know gunning for that World Series. Absolutely, he's the face of this team. The everything there is, he's like that that Ken Griffey Jr. level of face of team, right? Mm-hmm. When you're talking about him, but I guarantee you, man, when you, when you hit that May June and you are hitting the ball on the ground a ton and you're all struggling, like some of the moments he went through, I guarantee you, he he's caught up about what he's doing as opposed to what the team's doing. It's just natural. You know, one thing that that Dave always said when he was playing football was every year he felt like they were good enough to, to right. get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like just to you know, go through training camp, he's looking at the talent, go, man, this team, if we stay healthy, this is a Super Bowl team. And he had, he had a year where they won two games. They were 2-14. and 14. Wow. Oh. And he, he was going into that season thinking, Super Bowl. Did you? How did you view your team? Were there years you felt like this team's got no shot? Or did, <laughs> or did you just feel like that every year? Like, man, if everybody stays healthy, this is a team that could be in the thick of it. You... When you leave spring training, and this is the most optimistic, good vibes time of the year, man. When yeah. you hear even members of the press, when you hear um, a Bryce Miller, for example, Julio, it, it, we all know it's that the most optimistic, door wide open, anything can happen. The I'm telling you, once you get to the end of April, you know inside that clubhouse, like like Luke Rayleigh mentioned the fact that, oh, man, everyone gets along here so much better than any other team I've been on. Yeah. Okay. Ask him that question in the month of May. And I'm not saying that's no reflection on the Seattle Mariners. I'm talking about 30 teams. Right, that's just right. the way it is. So if to answer that question, in spring training, I'm looking around going, man, hey, that dude's a stud. Man, that guy's crushing the ball in, in batting practice. Dude, that guy's going off, and it's week four of spring training. God, he, he's going to be a stud. Man, look at this team we've got. The door's wide open. Yeah. <laughs> you look at this guy. <laughs> wow, the sky's the limit. But then you, when, when reality sets in, that, that's I've I've been on tail you know a classic example man 2008 I'm I'm looking around and we had we went from 2007 we had like we had built we had brought in some some guys and and yeah you know, we we're right there with the angels mm-hmm. then 2008 rolls in and there was just some bad vibes I'm telling you like in spring there were bad no vibes. not in spring oh, training spring okay. training was fine okay. I mean, mind you, this is back in the era where, like, if you're a rookie, you just keep your mouth shut. Right. You know? right. And now yeah. it's like, you know, Bryce Miller's doing TikTok videos the day he's pitching. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so different. However, uh, you get to um, – I remember getting to May going, man, this is just – and not because we're off to such a bad start. Who knows? Only a month. You just had that feeling like, man, we're, we're depleted here. Like, offensively, yeah. we've lost – we don't have this or that. Man, we've lost this starting pitcher. This dude – does he even want to be here? So you, that starts to seep in. So that's that's when you can find out. That's really when you early. know we got no shot. Yeah. On the, <laughs> on the flip side, you know, I talk, we've had Grant Balfour on this show too. My, my buddy who was with the Tampa Bay Rays, they went to the World Series that year. Yeah. I remember talking to him earlier going, dude, hey, man, we're, we're going to the World Series. I'm like, you guys, are you kidding? <laughs> and they did because he just felt it. He's like, man, this is a stud team. I was yeah. like, wow. So anyway, yeah. All right, quickly, one more uh, before the break here. Brock and Salk on Wednesday talking about just how different this team is from the start of last season. When they set this 26-man roster, depending on injuries and depending on who ends up making it out of the bullpen, mm-hmm. there will be roughly 50% of that roster that will be new from last year's opening day. I know it doesn't feel like a ton of turnover, yeah. and it does get a little funky because Brian Wu and Bryce Miller and Dominic Canzone and Josh Rojas were all on the team by the time the year ended last year. But when you start thinking about turnover, 
50% in a year is actually a lot. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, that is a totally different team in a lot of ways than what was supposed to be here to start the year. And you start going around the diamond. You're like, all right, first catcher and first base are going to be the same, but your backup catcher is going to be different. Yeah. Your second baseman is going to be different. Yeah. Your third baseman is going to be different. Yeah. Your two right fielders are going to be different. Your left fielder is going to be different. Your DH is going to be different. Uh, That's a lot. That's a lot more than 50% right Right? <laughs> yes. One of your two bench players is going to be different. Your fourth and fifth starters are going to be different. Yeah. Most of your bullpen is is going to be different. That's a lot of players, guys. Is. That is a very different team. And yes. I know, it, again, I'm fudging a little bit here. I'm recognizing that because of the four or five guys mm -hmm. that joined the team at some point mm -hmm. during last year. There's a lot of turnover. Huge. There's a ton of turnover. Yeah. yeah. Is that, but is that necessarily a bad thing? No. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. okay. Well, do you want me to read you some names from last year that he didn't mention? Colton Wong. Okay. <laughs> AJ Pollock. Now, again. Like I said, AJ Pollock, his wife's Australian. We were teammates <laughs> with the D-backs. He's a great dude. Tommy LaStella. Tommy LaStella. Cooper Hummel. Right. Uh, I mean. Tay Oscar's gone. Yeah. I mean, look, look it's, uh, again, I'm, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus here, but just saying, like, uh, it's it's been an interesting off-season. We've talked about it a ton, right, where it was a slow off-season. Everything was very public with what was going on around Major League Baseball with, you know, everything else. I mean, but – you had uh, when you look back, you're like, man, you had a lot to address. Yeah, when you oh, come yeah. when you come out of the out of the uh, out of the season last year in 2023, though, I mean, the first half of the season they had to get to where they got to was pr pretty pretty amazing, pretty remarkable that second half. Mm -hmm. But you look and they go, oh, okay, well, you know, to Oscar right, yeah, right field, uh, we have to address. It. No, 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 there was plenty to address. Oh yeah, when you really look at it. Well, none of their acquisitions were on the roster at the end of the season, right. other than Tay Oscar. Yeah. Pollock, Wong, Listella, Cooper, Hummel, all gone before the season even ended. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it, did, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, there, so it, it, make, it makes sense there's that much turnover. All right, coming up, we've got some wild candidates for our Y-Man of the Week. That is coming your way next with Wyman and Bob. Ryan Roland Smith in. This is Seattle Sports on 710. man why lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle deal with it this is a habitual line step what were you thinking what are you doing why are you the way that you are it's the why man of the week why man is presented by mazda of everett have you been here for this one before the segment? I, I think so. Yeah, it's usually where we, we'll I'm play it. sure. I mean, I've heard it a bunch. I don't know if I've contributed. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you get ready to contribute, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for, the, for those contribute. new to the program, we uh, play a clip of somebody that says something, and you're just going, your natural reaction is to be like, why, man? Why, right. why would you do that? Why would you say that? Uh, in this one, we start with... Uh, with uh, Brock and Salk, you may have heard of them. There's a promo or 12 running for them. But uh, they, they uh, apparently in this clip, they make Dominic Canzone uncomfortable. Right. Didn't Cal live with Logan? Oh, yeah. Right. yeah and Logan went, oh, got yeah. married, ditched him. Yeah. And so then you guys end up kind of moving in. Do you feel like now you're supposed to get married? Is that like a oh, whoa, pressure whoa. on you? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> whoa. Hold on a second. Yeah. Hold. Right. Hold on a second. Hold. Yeah, I've been dating my girl for about six months now. So, okay. So you're, yeah. not, you're not quite yeah. at that level. Easy. Just... Wow. Putting the pressure on him. That's wow. a pretty boisterous laugh from Salk there. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, way too comfortable. You silly guy. You six months. Six months. Give it six more months. You'll be you'll be strolling up to the uh, chapel at that point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so six months with his girlfriend. Yeah, that's probably a little soon. How, yeah, how long did sure. you and your wife date before you got married? Is this a bad question? You no, just gave me a weird. No, no, no. You no. just gave me a weird look. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't know why. Should, should we move on? No, no, no. Um, what was it? We we met um, 2009, and again, as if you don't know, I'm married to Dave Ardsma's sister, ex teammate yeah. of mine. Um, closer for us in 2008. Was it was it a setup or was it? No, no, no. You saw her like. Hey, no, pretty your much. Sister, she uh, she came to visit her brother, and, and I just went like. Eight shutout, and they did this huge thing after the game for me. Everyone had me like, hoisted up on their shoulders, and she was clapping. And I just pointed. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, no. They were calling me the king. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I don't know how. I, by the way, I, yeah, um, she's probably listening right now. Going, oh uh, my god. I, got, I hope she's not listening. I really <laughs> now, um, oh man, I've just stepped into it big time. <laughs> no, we, I, we met in 2009. We got married in 2013. So not too okay, bad. so yeah, yeah, there's a good... A lot, a lot of moving around. You know, look, look, Dom Canzone, he's got a situation where, you know, he's making a team. Yeah. He, he's been traded. There's a lot of moving, you know. Yeah, six months. Give us only time. six months. Yeah, you guys yeah. were together years before you got married. Yeah, so. Dom, hey, Dom, don't do it. Do it. I will <laughs> tell you, no one will press you to get married like Brock Eward. Yeah, that's like his goal. Really? Yeah, that's his goal oh, is for everybody to be married. Goal for everyone to get married as soon right? as possible. <laughs> as soon as possible, do it soon. Uh, all right. Well, good. Good for him. I will and- say this: I do. You know, I talk to some like early twenties, and they talk about like relationship issues. Maybe a young Mike Lefka over here too. And I'm always saying he's in his thirties. No, I know, but he's still he's young, younger than me. I'm he, a dating oh, age, Bob. by the way. Any, any, that's right. Anyone younger than me, basically, you know, if if they're asking me for dating advice or relationship <laughs> advice, I'm always like, just uh, you, you'll figure it out. Who cares? Just be patient. Wait till you're older to get married. Just yeah. you know, do your thing. Whatever. Yeah. Get All it out of your system. Whatever you got to do, <laughs> do that. Do that. All right. Uh, y man entry number two comes courtesy of Texas Tech defensive back uh, Tyler Owens. Apparently, he doesn't believe in space. Or other planets. <laughs> and now this this is going to be tough to hear because it's at the combine, so we have to preface that. Now this that. I got I got to ask because it says he doesn't believe in space. I don't know how you don't believe space exists, but okay, other planets exist, and thinks the flat Earth people have some valid points. Is it is this comment? Is he trying to be funny no, or is this no, is legit? It's, it's hard to hear because there are so many other people. The combine setup's terrible. They just have like player after player after player. But right. this was tweeted out by a reporter who asked him all these questions. You can kind of hear the reporter better, but it is just so baffling that we had to play it, even though it is going to be tough to hear him, and he's dead serious. You guys are discussing that you don't believe in. Nah, I don't believe in space. I'm like, I'm not religious, so I think, like, I don't believe in, like, what, what, what led you to that point to just believe that? Well, like, I really, I thought he really, like, he lived in like, he's from Robert and stuff, but then, like, I started seeing, like, Black Earth, and I'm like, yeah, that was really hard to hear. I couldn't. I could hear bits and pieces, but I, I've seen the transcript, the the transcribed version of this. Yeah. I just couldn't. I wanted to hear his tone because right. I couldn't tell if he was like if messing he's with people. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, how do you? Do you not believe in <laughs> that space? You think there's a wall up here? Like, uh, eventually, you can only go so far up, and you're going to run into. Some right. sort of surface that it ends, or what? <laughs> what do you mean you don't yeah. believe in space? What, what was the documentary um, a <laughs> couple of years ago? 
It just, it was the biggest, like, uh, at the end was just a straight. The way it ended was so good because they do this test to prove that, the, you know, you got some curvature of the earth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a shame you have to try to prove yeah, it. I know. I, by the way, I feel like I'm tiptoeing here because I don't want, if anyone's out there listening who's like, hey, no, hold on a sec. What, what proof do you have? But no. What proof do you have other planets yeah. exist? Oh, oh man. That, that's, that's a tough one for Pictures? me. Pictures? I don't know. Um, that's an interesting take. If you were a GM or an owner, would you be more dialed into this guy's medicals saying, all right, what's going on? Did something happen? Is there I, an injury to the... I think as long as he can play, they probably don't care as <laughs> yeah. long as it's not a detriment. Has this guy been playing without a helmet? What What's going on? What's going on? I mean, I don't believe in space. I don't believe in other planets. And I think those flat earth people may have some points. Right. <laughs> like, Whoa, I've, I've heard the flat earth people, but I haven't heard them say they don't believe space exists. Look, Kyrie or, Irving has a very long, productive basketball career. So I think as long as it doesn't become too much of an on-field distraction, space, right? who knows? No, he's he's the biggest flat earth guy. So I know that, yeah. but I didn't know they were hand in hand. I thought, okay, you think the earth is flat, but you, you believe space and, and Jupiter and Mars and Pluto all exists, or Saturn? No, I, I, by the way, I love, I, I love conspiracies. I, I love them. I, they're <laughs> fascinating. And I'll listen all day. However, I think this one, though, this is a tough one for me, man, because <laughs> I've been on enough yeah. airplanes where you can actually see the curvature if you look yeah. out far enough. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and, and, yeah, anyway. All right. Well, good, <sighs> good for one. Tyler Owens. He'll be a lot of fun for whichever team he ends up with. I can imagine the line of questioning coming his way with whatever new team he ends up with. But um, now this one is uh, – I wasn't aware of this guy, Chiefs Yeah, this requires a lot of backstory as well. We'll give it that. You, okay. You're more so, tuned into this. This is a super fan. Right. Self-dub because this guy to every Chiefs game, he wears a full on wolf costume and then all this Chiefs gear. But he was also wearing that exact same costume going around robbing banks. So he committed a string of robberies and then used that stolen money to place bets on Chiefs games wearing this costume, this very distinct Chiefs costume that he wore to every Chiefs game. So he was caught. Now, has he been like super fan for years? Yeah. Yes. Years and years. He's like, you know, part of that culture. Like yeah. You think the Kansas City Chiefs and their fans, you think that guy. Okay. So and he calls himself Chiefsaholic. Yes. This is his lawyer. After his client pled guilty to the bank robbery and money laundering charges, this is the lawyer speaking to the media about his client. Now, keep in mind, he's a football fan, his client, super fan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. in this costume. Listen to his lawyer speaking with the media. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief Saholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, He didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chiefs Kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Thank you and God bless. (laughs) I just picture I just picture the 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 dude you know in in the outfield just like nodding along going yeah. Well, he's not there because he's uh, locked up. (laughs) (laughs) But the beauty is him trying to squeeze in every football term he could. 
They, they were blitzing him, but he stood tall in the pocket. His knee didn't go down. He's, like, he's just throwing it every. If you're the lawyer, you oh. take on this case, right? Obviously, you're looking at this guy, oh, man. I got no chance, you know. Like, so is he? Is this something where he's like, you know what? I got a chance to go viral here if I just get ridiculous <laughs> with this statement. I guess I don't and know. Look, we're talking about it right here oh. on the radio. And the funniest part is, I love it. Is there? There's security footage of the guy in the banks. Wearing the costume that he wears to every game. Oh, man. Unreal. Oh, my goodness. Now, I'm going to ask you this, though. Is is he going to get more clients after that statement? After this goes, if you're in the local area, like, oh, man, I'm going to take this guy on. Yeah, I, I, I'm in trouble for bank robbery as well. This is my guy. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because that, that was beyond cheesy. But all oh. right, last chance to get him in. Mean texts are coming your way. 866 979 3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. That's coming up next with Wyman and Bob. We got Ryan Roland Smith in. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, for those of you new to the show, this is what we do every Friday. Take all the mean things you say to us and unveil the most creative of the bunch. How'd they do today, Lefko? Did you? Uh, yeah, there are some creative ones. Did you need to spur them on? Did you? Should you oh, yeah, call them dumb earlier to fire them up? You usually, want me to call them dumb so they'll all come in on me. Well, that's, that well, no. We usually, have to get it sometimes. it's usually Dave. Dave will take the bullet. He'll he'll start making fun of them to get them going. He's like, "Well, our nice. listeners are too stoned and drunk to, and they're unemployed and they're not going to text." You know, he, he starts taking shots and Lefko will call them dumb, and then they'll start firing in mean texts. Uh, but sometimes you don't need to do that. I think we actually have some creative ones. Ryan has generated some of the creative ones. No, this one doesn't make sense to me, but it does to you, obviously. So this will be perfect. Uh, 805 says, Ryan Roland Smith is a perfect representative of Australia. He has the charm of Yahoo Sirius, yes. the appeal of Vegemite, okay. and the gravitas of the lady who said a dingo ate her baby. All right. Do you want me to explain those references? <laughs> Yahoo Sirius, dude. One of the, the most well-known, famous actors of all time. No, I'm kidding. Now he did a movie called... I think it was Young Einstein. Aussie actor, really good. He's actually from my hometown, believe it or not. Does he and still he, exist? Does he still uh, I don't know if he's still acting, doing movies. Or? I don't want to say anything about it. i gotta, I got to gotta look him up. But no, he was the man. And, and they actually filmed some of the stuff from my hometown uh, really? in, in one of his you know, Aussie movies. I vaguely actually, I might, remember I hearing that I watch that, that with the kids when I get home, actually. Good Aussie movie. There we go. <laughs> now, what was the other reference again? Vegemite? Yeah, okay. We all know yeah. that. Yeah. Again, it's just got to... I think people just Google Australian insults and somehow Vegemite. <laughs> and then the next one was, that was a famous movie. It's a, uh, another conspiracy um, that this lady um, did something with a kid and then she blamed it on a dingo. You know what a dingo is? That's like uh, the Australian version of a coyote. Oh, Maybe the dingo ate your baby. It's a famous line. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've heard that line in Seinfeld. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> is that what that's? Yeah. So that's where that originated. Yes. She was saying a, a coyote essentially ate her child because yes, I remember the child Jack, disappeared. Yeah. And so she tried to blame it on a, on a uh, dingo taking a baby out of the tent. And I think hmm. they proved that, no, that wasn't the case. Oh, I remember okay. Jared Washburn. Do you remember Jared Washburn? Oh, yeah. He was like, you know, he, had, he was that veteran, look at, you know, just ripping young players. <laughs> the first thing he says to me, maybe the dingo ate your baby. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> I swear. You're like, you I don't know me like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. What, what else do we got? Uh, a couple of Ryan-themed ones. All right. 724 says, 
Dodgers joins the shortlist with Kirby and Winker of words I just want to hear Ryan say over uh, and over. I got the accent. What about Wade Miley? Wade Miley. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Are there go-tos where people always hey, say this? Oh, yeah, all, all the time. Yeah, yeah, really? Always, yeah, yeah. Now, is, I, it, is this a, an Australian? Re- I thought Ryan's performance today was better than Dog's Breakfast. Yeah, so that's another, I guess it's an Australian reference, basically, like, oh, it looks like a dog's breakfast. Like, I'll go, I'll walk into Kennedy, my daughter's room, she needs to clean it. I'm like, it looks like a dog's breakfast in here. What are you doing? <laughs> I've never heard that. Well, a dog's breakfast is just a mess, you know? Like, imagine, just picture a bulldog just ripping into some dog food. It looks, you know, there's stuff everywhere. Huh. Right? No? Yeah. Okay. okay. That's why you're here to translate. <laughs> there you go. Australian to English. That's to right. American English. Uh, Jeff in San Diego. Like Lefko's annoyance about multi-part surprise movies, I'm equally annoyed at the multi-hour format of this show. About the multi-hour format? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I didn't have too many hours today. So there you go. What else do we got? Uh, Carter from Tacoma, kind of the Adam Ray style. Lefko has the face of someone who would sell pet insurance and the voice of someone who would buy it. Pet insurance? <laughs> pet insurance. Fair enough. I've got pet insurance. We should, yeah. We, we'll we'll save Layla's save 11. me a lot of money. I bet. Oh, dude. Uh, trust me. Um, yeah, Layla's 11. She's she's still going strong, but the amount of times I'm like, man, I need that pet insurance. Seriously. And you know me, man. I, I don't like to spend cash. <laughs> but my goodness. It gets, uh, yeah. I don't ever want to be in a position where I have to consider their life versus oh, finance, yeah. like the cost yeah. versus I'll live on my car if I have sure. to. I don't care. Uh, 206 says, so wait, Ryan Roland Smith is just a less famous Bogan version of Wyman, washed up ex-Seattle athlete attempting to host a radio show. Oh, that is mean. Hey, listen, I, I, I look up to Dave Wyman, man. I mean, he's, 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 a, he's a legend around these parts, isn't he? I'll take that as a compliment in, in the same sentences. Yeah, that's, uh, that, was a very, that was a mean text. Well, I'll flip it then. <laughs> 253 says, Ryan's the man. The rest of you are bums. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Fair enough. Statement. Tear him down, build him back up. There you go. Uh, Jenna Beaverton. Bob coming out hard with the mean text material for Dave. We've got a real treat here. Dave's gone today. <laughs> Is that what I said? <laughs> I guess we opened the show. I mean, we were kind of uh, saying Ryan Rollins. Well, yeah, but, I was trying to get it all in one. Dave's out today. We got a treat that Ryan Rollins Smith is in, you know. It's not a treat that Dave's gone. We love Dave. Uh, 425 says, this is Matt Nelson's all-star weekend, Comic-Con. It is. He is in his element, man. He was so excited about this Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. No, like I said, I've never heard the guy that enthusiastic. Like, my, the volume, I had to turn the volume down on the radio when I'm driving around. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you're is not that used, Matt Nelson? You're not used to positivity yeah. coming from him. And like I said, I'm like, I know nothing about, you know, what are they, comic books? Whether they're comics or Marvel, whatever it is. But I'm like, I'm, I might have to buy some tickets to take the kids. Go to this he thing. sold it. <laughs> That's good. How, uh, about, how about this just came in, uh, 206. Why is Ryan on? Dreyer and Divish too busy? Why bring in a reliever when you got starters yikes. available? Bullpen day. Ouch. Ouch. See, I don't know. Is, is that is that is he being serious? I, is he messing he with serious? me? I, I assume they're that, joking around. That's the one that just destroys the car ride home for is me. That like, go <laughs> <laughs> Great. You just send, yeah. send him into a depression <laughs> going into the weekend. So, Ryan, I don't know if you've heard this, but when Bob refers like a standard guy, like a no one, like mm-hmm. Joe Schmageggy. So we were asking, like, how do you spell Schmageggy? So 509 texted in. Schmageggy. It's spelled L E F. And I said C, but for the sake of the joke, L E F K O I S D U M B. Lefko is dumb. <laughs> nice. Nice one. They sent that today? No, this is a few days ago. Oh, okay. Schmageginess. Okay. During our Schmageggy discussion. Y- yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? 
No, I have not. Just kind of like Joe Aver, like this, the Joe Schmageggy over here doing this, or yeah, just. I've never. I, maybe I've. Apparently, it's maybe I'm not even listening to you. That's all. All <laughs> right. Well, Thanks for the support, buddy. Mean text. Mean text yeah. <laughs> That's a live mean text right there. I guess I've never paid attention to you. Uh, you said that was Yiddish, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Turns out. Shmig- and the other thing you like to say. What's the other one? Fakakta. Yes. Yeah, I, I feel like, like that, that is too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, here's a good one. We can end on this one. Three six zero. So disappointed to tune into this show and find out that the only person that has any insight on sports is running around Seattle dressed like Zelda trying to get Doctor <laughs> Who's autograph. <laughs> he said he doesn't dress up though, right? <laughs> he doesn't dress up. And oh, he's, I would love to see that, man. He's got open disdain for sports. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love hey, it. trust me. And again, I'm going to throw Matt Nelson under, under the bus here. I will say this. Mariners go a little long. I'm doing some post game with Shannon. I'm all fired up. I want to talk and I'm just dragging it out. I can just hear it in his voice like, uh, hey man, it's uh, 10:45 p.m. <laughs> to say, wrap it up. Yeah. Well, you should see his face when you're doing that. Oh, I've yeah. been in here and I've seen oh, his I face. Bet, yeah. I bet. Man. Probably I, a lot I of eye imagine. rolls and just ugh. a lot of exasperation. I can't. <laughs> and the other thing, sometimes Gary Hill fills in. Yeah. Gary Hill Jr. And he wants to like, yeah. For, and I'm sitting there going, oh, please don't, Gary, don't ask this question because I'm going to drag it out because I can't wrap up a thought. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. I can just, like I said, I can just feel Matt Nelson's just energy, just. Angry, the you fact can hear, <laughs> yeah, you can just yeah. sense he's not liking this long answer. It's so good. Yeah, Gary Hill dropped the old, um, oh, so what do you mean by that when you say this? And I'm like, no, you, don't do it. You just picture Matt going, <laughs> yeah, come on, you gotta get out of here. You a chair getting thrown across the room, <laughs> pretty much accurate. Yeah, yeah. I think he got it nailed. All right, speaking of Shannon Dreyer, you're gonna hear that conversation we had with her. She's out there in Peoria, keeping an eye on all things Mariners and that is coming your way next it's Wyman and Bob with Ryan Roland Smith and this is Seattle Sports on 710.